The gospel lesson from this first Sunday after Easter is from the Gospel of St. John in the 20th chapter. This takes place on Easter day. It's on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hand in his hands the print of the nails, and if I place my finger in the mark of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Well, eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them this time. And the doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put your, out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs, which are not written in this book, but they are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Well, dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord, from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We call him Doubting Thomas. And that's kind of a, supposed to be an opprobrium because we believe you shouldn't be a doubter. You should just believe. And yet I've always thought that Doubting Thomas may have had the most authentic faith of any of those in that room. Because Thomas didn't just believe whatever he was told. He only believed what he could finger, what he could touch, what he could see. And he had to be convinced. Maybe I've got some sympathy for him because anybody who knows me know that bringing a new idea on me is just a really frustrating process because sometimes I hide it, but usually when someone says, I think we ought to do this, Pastor, my first reaction is that didn't work before. It's never going to work. And why are we wasting our time on it? Doesn't make any difference what the idea is. That's the first instinctive reaction I get. As I said, sometimes because I get paid by my congregation, I stifle that. My wife will tell me at home though, when she comes up with an idea, my first reaction is very polite, that's not gonna work and here's why. And then about an hour later, I think, well, maybe it'll work. And about three days later, I think, you know, that really might work. And within a week, I'm thinking, what a great idea I had. I'm just that way, it's not the best part of my personality, but people who know me will tell you that is true. <clears throat> Thomas needed to be convinced because he'd seen the reality. The reality was that Jesus had been crucified on a cross. The reality that everything they had worked for and prayed for and hoped for seemed to be lost. 
Thomas had seen the reality and now he was being told this story that says, well, maybe, maybe it's not so. Maybe if we try the same thing over again, it'll work this time. Don't you remember hearing that from people? So Thomas just said, well, I'm not gonna believe until I see. And when Jesus came, and Jesus came up to Thomas and he said, okay, Thomas, here I am. And then Thomas believed. And when he believed, he believed with all his heart. And I think that's what faith means to most of us. I know as a pastor and honestly as a person, when I'm trying to comfort someone who's just lost a loved one, all of my pious words don't really mean very much. I can say, well, they might be better off in heaven. I don't say things like that, but you know, you know the routine. We try to say, things are going to be better. Just trust us. Just put your faith in God. And at that point, many people can't. At that point, they just feel the loss. They don't feel the potential. And sometimes God has to come in some form that I can't even explain and enter their hearts and give them the faith that they can't quite muster up in the midst of their grief. Sometimes it just takes a few hours. Sometimes it takes several months. But Jesus always is willing to meet us where we are. And it might be better if we didn't need to be met, but that's beside the point. The fact is that Jesus came to Thomas because Thomas needed to see him. And I think Jesus comes to us sometimes and says, here I am, touch my hands, touch my side. Here's the reality of my redemption. And when we feel that way, and when we see that way, our lives change, and they change for the better. And that is the good news. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. My God in heaven, we do sometimes need to be seen. We need to be able, we need to, be able to see your love in practice because the reality of the world can sometimes seem to be so hard and so depressing that we can forget your love. So we do pray with the communion of saints. We pray for the hungry and for the homeless and for the victims of wars and natural disasters. We pray for the people who almost a thousand a day are still dying of the COVID pandemic and for all those who were in the hospital for cancer and heart disease and all the plagues of mankind, we offer our prayers. And as always, Lord, we offer our prayers for those who help, for the medical personnel in our hospitals and nursing homes and clinics and ambulances, for the police officers and the firefighters who risk their lives every day for us. We pray for the teachers and utility workers, for all those who really can't just stay home. We pray for them. We pray for our president and for our governor, for all the men and women in the armed forces, and we pray for one another, that we may all find the faith that sustains us through every hard time, the way John did. And we pray in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of God's countenance upon you and give each of you God's peace. 
Thank you for watching us, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful week.